have the envelope, please. And the Oscar for Best Picture is presented to... And the Oscar goes 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 to... And the Oscar goes... And the Oscar goes... And the Oscar goes to... The Oscar goes to... The Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... The Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... Slumdog Millionaire... Hello and welcome to Silver Screen Video. We are coming to you uh, right after the 92nd Academy Awards. They have just ended mere minutes ago. Uh, my name is Jacob. I'm here with my co-host, Jonathan. What's up, John? Oh, not much. Just trying to recover from this three and a half hour um, uh, circle jerk, if you will. <laughs> All right, so let's let's pull down the curtain a little bit. I... I don't know, forced you to watch the Oscars? Is that a fair enough word? Um, I think that's a fair word. I will say <laughs> this is the first time in over 10 years that I have sat down and watched the entire Oscars. I'm not really? even kidding. Yeah, I only watch clips of the categories I give a shit about, which is all the main ones, director, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, actress, shit like that, cinematography. Um, I never sat down and watched the whole thing because it is just utter garbage. Um so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I watch the Oscars in pretty much in full every year. Um, is it like an exercise in futility for you or how, how do you? It's more like, of like just it's more of like a just like I'm torturing myself just to see how long I could take it, you know? OK, OK. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those yearly rituals that like I forget how bad it is. And then by the time the next year rolls around, I go, well, yeah, of course, I'm going to watch the Oscars, you know, like. And I forget how bad it is. And I go, dude, I'm not watching another one of these shows. And then like a year later, I'm like, oh, of course I'll watch the Oscars, you know? Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you, I was working at the same time as watching. And I would, I can safely say I was getting more fun out of the work I was doing than watching <laughs> the Oscars. Um, oh, that is incredible, man. <laughs> I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy the Chris Rock, Steve Martin opener. Oh, um, man. Especially when they made the joke about Jeff Bezos, uh, I almost spit my water out because when they were talking about him being a great actor, I literally took that to mean because he's either an alien or a fucking robot and he's acting as a human. Um, Is that what they meant? I, I, I didn't really understand. No, that no, I, don't, I don't think that's what they meant. I think they meant like because he's so rich or something. I don't know. I don't think they were implying he's an alien or a robot. I'm saying that he is. I'm not implying it. He is not human. Right. Um, so <laughs> it was weird to see him there. It's almost like he was observing the human race. He's like <laughs> sitting in there, like, like transmitting whatever his mothership is. Um, so that's how I took it. Uh, and they dropped the, uh, vagina word. So that was pretty funny. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't say I really laughed a whole lot during that. Um, well, I mean, I didn't particularly laugh at it. Uh, it was more like, you know, a train wreck, um, <laughs> starting, um, I, I will say this was like a three and a half hour woke contest and it's like everyone was in competition for it. Jesus I think Christ. I heard, I think I heard strong woman or independent woman or uh, something in that variation, either th through the commercials or through the people talking more than I've heard in my entire life combined. 
Um, okay, I'm just going to state this up front because it's going to keep coming up because it's just impossible to talk about this shit without talking about like wokeness, you know? Yeah. So I'm just going to state this up front. This is not like some kind of all right like podcast. Like if you're if you're li- looking for a movie podcast for the alt right, uh, please download and subscribe uh, and keep listening. But uh, don't tell people that we are the podcast of the alt right. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm glad you said that because I will say, in all seriousness, I fully, like, I think it goes without saying, we're both logical uh, human beings, logical uh, thinking people. Um, Equality and and all of that, obviously, anyone with a brain should support. I I have a problem with the academy trying to cover up their shit, so to speak. That's where I'm coming from. I'm not coming, I mean, it's, it's all fun and games. I'm not coming from anywhere serious. It's just the academy, like, bends over backwards to kind of fix their fuck up. Because they're like, okay, if we can do this, we'll get people to shut up for now, and then next year we'll we'll put out another fire. But for now, let's just get through it. it it's it, yeah, it's like it's like yeah, like I don't know, and, and maybe we have we might have new listeners because of this. So I just figured it might be good to like clarify, like you know, like it's like I don't know, we're not we're not coming at it from that angle. Um, yeah, no, not at all. No, we're gonna talk about like we're really gonna talk about the winners and talk about some snubs or some upsets. We're just really just going to dive into the overall um, ceremony that is the Oscars. Like all jokes aside, like I right. did, I did like some of what happened tonight. Uh, there were some some people that deserved to win. Uh, some ridiculous mistakes were made in certain categories. Um, but, uh, but we should, yeah. but we should, be, we should be clear though about this. Like the, all this woke shit that is in the Oscars this year, like. Like, I don't know. I don't know who I don't know the audience for our podcast, like specifically, but I know we've got people from like all around the world listening. We got people in uh, Brazil and in uh, Southeast Asia who are like checking our podcast out. And we're we're glad to have you as listeners, obviously. But we don't have a really clear idea of like who our average listener is. So I'll just say this, like this this woke shit that the Academy is doing is nothing but public relations. They're like. I don't know. I guess forgive me for maybe ranting for a minute, but like this is nothing but public relations. This is not there. Like none of these people are actually doing anything good. Uh, this stuff benefits nobody except for it strokes the ego of a community of at best rich assholes. And at worst, like uh, a, like pedophile, like conspiracy theory shit. Um, and the fact that they make some self-deprecating joke about like, haha, isn't it insane that like, um, that like none of the best directors, uh, were nominated were women or whatever. And like, that's, I'm sorry, but that's a fucking empty gesture. Like that, like someone would say that and the whole building would clap, but like those people, those same people clapping are the same people who voted on the fucking awards and didn't nominate women. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. I agree with you. I'm not to cut you off, but yeah, no, I agree. That's what I was thinking. Every time they said something that was like, Oh, I'm taking a jab, but you're the voters. Right. Yeah. You're the fucking voters. You, you could have nominated five women if you'd wanted to, but you fucking didn't. And now you're like, sort of like fake apologizing for it. And like, gosh, isn't it crazy? Like shut the fuck up and do your dumbass award show. You have no concept of what like reality is or what like people who like have to live in normal life, like and have to get up for work tomorrow morning. Like most of those people in that room have no fucking concept about that. Shut the fuck up with all of this like 
self-righteous bullshit and just do your fucking dumbass award show and let us watch you be monkeys and dance around for us on the stage. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe that's too harsh or like too like vitriolic, but it's just, I mean, after watching three and a half hours of that, man, it really just wears on your fucking nerves. You know what I mean? You will never, ever catch me saying something was too harsh. Um, (laughs) So yeah, no, that was uh, pretty spot on. I will say there was a couple of things that I really appreciated that were said tonight um, coming from certain individuals who do walk the walk and not just uh, do a bunch of lip service. So I appreciate that. But I mean, for the most part, you're right. I mean, 95% of what was said and done tonight is totally empty lip service bullshit. Right. And of course, I'm not like talking about everybody. You know, of course, we're going to get to Joaquin, you know, um, the guy's a real like died in the wool vegan and really seems like he's, I don't know, got a good heart to him. And also like, we're not talking like when I say that I'm not talking about like the random people who win like best live action short, like obviously those people like get to participate in this ceremony for one night and then probably will never again for the rest of their lives and will go back to you know their normal lives but i'm talking about the industry you know king makers the agents the harvey weinsteins who are still out there and have never been caught you know that kind of shit these are the people who are putting forward these pathetic attempts at uh i don't know atoning for their sins or something and it's just it's it's galling especially when you submit yourself to three and a half hours of it but Well, I mean, and and well, what you just said is a good segue to just jump into the award show because one speech I loved was from the "If You're a Girl" winner. I uh, I did not. It was right after the documentary winner. I don't remember the name of the category. It's the only, literally, only one I didn't write down for some reason. But she talked about like being in Afghanistan and like these people that risk their lives to film some of this stuff to like get it out. And and I thought that was just mind blowing because that's the kind of shit. That, yeah, they're going to talk about, like, this is their only time in the spotlight. Right. So, like, the fact that they are using it, that's legit. A lot of these people are in the spotlight all the time, and they don't say a fucking word because they're scared or don't give a shit. Right. Um, so, I really appreciated her speech just throwing some some truth out there about what's going on in other countries and, like, the, the amount of... Like inequality doesn't begin to describe what's happening right around the world. Yeah, I, re- um, I remember that lady, and I remember that category. She, it was it was best documentary short. And, yeah, and okay, it, that's what it was. And it was okay. like it was how to learn to. I'm I'm paraphrasing the name of this movie, but it was essentially like how to learn to skateboard in Afghanistan. Parentheses, if you're a girl, and you're right. She gave like a great speech about like I've lived in Afghanistan for 15 years, and like. That is, that's not the type of posturing we're talking about. Like I'm, I've never seen that short, but I can understand how like for like women in Afghanistan, like learning to skateboard or whatever could be liberating or could be, you know, life changing or whatever. And I understand how representation is even important, but at the end of the day, 99% of this shit is fucking empty gestures by people who have the exact same skeletons in their closet as fucking Harvey Weinstein. They just haven't been caught yet. And Anyways, let's just jump into the fucking awards. I'm being I'm being a little bit of a like negative nib, you know. Yeah, here we go. I thought I was going to be the one who uh, <laughs> who who really brought the big guns out, but you already did. Uh, eleven minutes into this bitch. <laughs> Sorry, um, right, man, dude. I'm like I've had enough of this fucking Oscar shit, man. We need to get back to talking about like Italian neorealism next week or something. Uh I think I'd rather talk about the Oscars. <laughs> um, All right, so let's jump into so, enough of me like. Uh, just bloviating 
Well, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. It's just funny that you're the one saying it. I know, um, I so, uh, first award of the night, like I said, I haven't watched these in years, uh, over a decade. So I don't, I didn't know they did this dude. They came out of the box with best supporting actor. I was surprised by that. Is that how they hook the viewer in and then they have a bunch of other shit and they get to the good stuff? I mean, how does that Yeah, they, is that normal? Yeah, that's normal. They try to lead with a with a big one, but not a really big one. You know what I mean? And then they do like like the and then like halfway through they'll do another supporting actor and then they'll of course save their real big ones for last. Um Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think we'd we'd both agree Pitt deserved it, but we'd have to imagine Pesci was right behind him. Um yeah, I would say that. I mean, I like Joe Pesci's performance, and I, th- I would have been overjoyed if he would have won. But I mean, I mean, Pitt, I mean, obviously, this is a great performance, you know, but also like he fucking deserves an Oscar, man. He's Brad Pitt. Like he's one of the only movie stars left who like I, feel like a movie star, you know, I agree with you. But we've discussed this numerous times off pod. Oscars are not lifetime achievements award. I know, but sometimes so, they are though, you know, I agree with no, no, they do utilize it in that way sometimes, but they still continue to say, we are not a lifetime achievement award. Right. This is not the way it is. Right. Um, so no, I think we both, I mean, yeah, I think we both agree. Brad Pitt deserved it. A great performance, great movie. He's a legend. He He's still around. He's been in the business for 30 years. I mean, um, I mean, how many of these people do we have left? I mean, George Clooney, you know, Brad Even Pitt. if you can still count him, he's he's just counting his money from the tequila business. He hasn't made a good movie in years. That's a good point. I mean, okay, so like maybe Brad Pitt and maybe uh, Tom Cruise. I feel like is still a movie star. I mean, Leo. I mean, really, yeah. I would, I would throw. Uh, I would throw like Matt Damon in there. Okay, um, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, you're you're right. It is a hand. It is a small handful. Sure. Um, of, uh, of, of people left that are like old school uh, movie stars. I would actually say Tom Cruise is the best ex- living example of like old school movie stars where like you watch his movies because it's Tom Cruise. I agree. Like I think every, I think even the movies he makes in between mission impossible, I think he's always hitting a hundred million at the box office. That's signs of a movie star. Yeah. I, um, he, I mean, he's the last of the dinosaurs, you know, I mean, really, and like- we got to throw Denzel in there. Um, right. Denzel. Denzel yeah. That's true. Denzel is definitely a bit. And of course we're talking about male movie stars, you know, we're talking about, like Oh yeah. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Stewart, Cary Grant, you know, the kind of Humphrey Bogart, the old fashioned, like there used to be, you know? Um, so, uh, I, I, as we discussed on the, uh, on our Oscars episode where we talked about the nominations, if you haven't listened to that, listen to it just for the amusement factor. Obviously, you know who wins now, but, mm-hmm. uh, Anyway, um, I talked. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, Frozen, Frozen Two, never seen it, never gonna watch it. But they did a performance uh, of Into the Unknown that I actually liked. Really, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I actually liked it. I understand it was pandering and all that, but I thought it was really cool to see all these people from different parts of the world singing in their language. I mean, fuck Disney because Disney doesn't give a flying fuck right. about diversity or equality or any of that shit. They care about one color, and that color is green. But I liked it from like just a, an observing uh, perspective. I really, I, I thought it was kind of cool. I don't like the song, but yeah. Speaking of which, Bob Iger was there, you know. Bobby Iger was there? I didn't see him. Yeah, dude, he was there. He, he was there back there in the back with Bezos kind of watching over everything like a, I don't know, like an overlord or something. You know, I don't understand why some of these people like, why one of the ushers or one of the sea fillers just doesn't want, like take one for the team and just like put a bullet in Bezos's head. You know what I mean? Like, or the, or the very least hit him with something like, like hit him with a, with a fucking bottle or something like just right. ruin his day. Yeah. Like pour some like red wine all over him or something, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, cause harm. Um, <laughs> but if you don't want to go to prison like hardcore, then just do something. It may look like an accident. But I agree with you. I think I think it would have been so cool to find out that like Bob Iger, somebody fell off the fucking stage and like broke their leg. Oh, um, be incredible. It'd make my day. It really would. Um, especially if we got to see it, that would have made all of it worth it. <laughs> anyway, so the Frozen um, 2 performance. So you liked it, huh? I did. I, I actually, honestly, uh, surprisingly, I dug the performance. It could be, though. I will say some of it could be because I just saw Uncut Gems again. So like seeing her again in general got me thinking about Uncut Gems. And I was like, okay, okay, this is cool. Yeah, the um, and Zell fever, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh uh, she's a she's an interesting looking person. She looks like she would she would win in a fist fight. Like if I was to fight her, she looks like she'd kick my ass. Yeah, she's she looks she looks like kind of like a like a she looks like and I'm borrowing a joke from the actual show, but she looks like um like some like midtown like New York like like CEO like boss who like takes off her high heels and goes to like a secret fight club, you know, like at night. Yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. I don't know. I was kind of, I was kind of like, you know, I was, I don't know. I, I was like meh on the performance. I mean, I like, I, I don't really know that song, and like the, I don't know. It was, you know, it was fine. I mean, sure, you know, she's. So she, I find joy in something, and you, and you <laughs> just want to destroy it. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you know, like, like if there was like a a let it go style song that was like that catchy and that like, you know, triumphant or whatever, like I'd have been all on board, you know, but like, I don't know. I was like, I don't fucking know this song, you know, like what, like what is this? I'm just glad we didn't have to see Kristen bell. That was a, that was a, th- a, a high note of the evening. You don't like Kristen bell. No, God, I don't like her. All right. All right. I'm not a she's fan. Too, I'm not a she's fan. too fucking girl next door. dude. I just, I, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I, I have a highlight of the evening, another musical performance, and I will say you didn't understand. Uh, you only understood about a quarter of what he was saying, but this was worth it just to see the people's faces in the crowds because everyone was thinking the same thing we were probably, I, mean, I know I was thinking, yeah, I can't speak for you. When Eminem just came out of the floor, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're here, Marshall, but what the fuck are you? You didn't even show up the year you won. <laughs> you didn't. You weren't in the building the year in 2003 when you won your Oscar. So why are you here, dude? I'll tell you this, man. I, it was easily, easily one of the weirdest things I've ever seen at at the Oscars, and like, not like like weird in and of itself, but weird in the situation of like, dude, this movie came out 18 years ago. Like, what? Like, what are we doing here? Like, what? Like, what is Eminem doing performing a song that's almost 20 years old? Like at the Oscars. But then the irony of it, he comes on stage, he fucking kills it. Cause it's a great song. Oh he's yeah. A, he's a performer and he absolutely fucking kills it. And in like less than a minute, the entire crowd goes from what the fuck to like standing on their feet, enjoying the song. Cause it's a great song. And he's a great performer. You know what I mean? So like, and this is coming from someone who has not enjoyed an Eminem song in probably 15 years. No, but like, whatever. That's a different conversation. I mean, it, it is, but I, I really genuinely think he's like done nothing but bad music for like over a decade. But like, yeah, we can move on. <laughs> 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 Anyways, but yeah, like I like I just I don't. It was insane, dude. But people enjoyed it, and I thought it was a great performance. It was just like, okay, cool. This is actually entertaining. What a what a bizarre thing. 
I fucking loved it. You just couldn't fucking hear it. Right. I mean, yeah, the sound mixing was whatever, but I mean, it was, he got people on their fucking feet, dude. It was, it was like a shot in the arm of the, to the show. It was strange, but cool. I'm going to show my age here um, a little bit. I hate when people say that, which is why I said it. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what the fuck Billie Eilish was doing there. I don't, th- I think it was a little weird to have her sing the song when they're showing the, uh, like the, like, like, you know, honoring the people we lost in Hollywood. Uh, it was fucking weird. I guess I'm glad she didn't wear a hoodie. I will say I don't understand her music. I don't get her music. I have no hate towards her. I just, I don't understand that. So it, it was certainly a weird choice. I mean, like she's like obviously like I don't know if I would classify her as like hip anymore now that she's like really like mainstream. But like it's so funny. It's like something that the Academy Award people think is hip, and like the fact that you chose like the hip young artist to like do the like death song is really a strange choice. You know what I mean? It felt incongruous. Like I agree. I it's, it's like, they were like, this will get the kids to watch. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Let's let's, but not just let's get the kids to watch, but let's get the kids to watch. We'll have her perform over the in memoriam montage, you know, like what? And, and no offense to anyone else. We lost. I mean, Robert Forrester Rip torn. There was some, I mean, there was some John Witherspoon. There was some heavy hitters that we lost, but like, I, I mean, feel like, Douglas, dude. yeah, I feel like Kirk Douglas maybe deserved a little more. Like, I'm not saying like yeah. a lot more, but like, maybe like, I don't know. We only had one Spartacus reference the whole night. Like, how do you I only know. have one Spartacus reference in three and a half hours? Uh, dude, I was kind of thinking that too, man. Like they should have gave him his own like film package, you know, done like, cause he, I mean, he dude, I mean, well, I mean, you know, Kirk Douglas, I mean, he was a fucking movie star, man. Dude, like, he I was mean, an OG. Like that yeah. dude, like he worked with Kubrick, like what three times? I know two times. Uh, I think just twice. I yeah, can't think like of yeah, it was Passive Glory and uh, and, and Spartacus. Spartacus. Yeah, man, he's like OG. So it's uh, it's crazy that he didn't get more. I mean, he worked with Billy Wilder. You know, he was an ace in the hole. I mean, like, I mean, we're talking about a fuck. I mean, he he was in Fritz Lang movies. I mean, dating back to the early fifties. I mean, he was a movie star in the early fifties. Like, we're talking about an icon and like, he just like has like one shot. I agree with you. I think they should have done at least like a, I mean, 30 second or like a minute long, like clip package. It was just like, you know, fucking RIP man, you know? Agreed. Let's just, let's get back to the awards though. Original wait, wait, screen. Hold on. Uh, what? Hold on, hold on. Before we get back to the awards, I want to, what did you think about the opening uh, musical number or whatever? Cause I have thoughts about this. Funny story. I started the Oscars and I didn't realize it was 5.06. So when I started it, it started on Chris Rock and Steve Martin. So oh. I, I was wondering if anything else happened before, but I didn't have a chance to go back and watch it because we were recording. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, dude. It, there was an insane musical performance. You know who Janelle Monet is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. Okay, so she um, performed a song. Now, this is crazy. She performed a song. From I've been listening to Janelle Monet for well, fuck. I guess I'm so fucking old. I guess it's been a decade now uh, since 2010. She released an album called The Arc Android. It's a great album, really incredible. I don't think her recent music has been as good, but anyways, she performed a deep cut off of that album. Not one of the singles, not one of the more popular songs, just a deep cut from that album. But the lyrics were changed to like reflect the Oscars, like. You know, like we're here for the show or whatever. You know what I mean? Like she completely changed the lyrics to be like about like awards night. And it was truly one of the like most bizarre, like it, it like 
I don't, I don't want to say it, it was probably equally as bizarre as like the Eminem performance and not like as like shot in the arm inducing. It was more like, what the fuck? Like, why is Janelle Monae here? A B why is she performing a song from li- that's literally 10 years old and not, not a popular song at that. And, but the lyrics are changed. It was like a parody song. It was so puzzling. And then behind her, there was a bunch of dancers and they were all dressed like people from the fucking movies which would not be that weird, but there was like people dressed like little women, you know, in the Victorian garb or whatever. And then there were people dressed up like the fucking Joker, like dancing around on stage, dude. It was like, I felt like I just instantly dropped acid at like 8 PM Eastern time. Well, now I feel like I have to go watch it at some point just to see people dressed as the Joker dancing. Uh, dude, it, it's nuts, man. Like I'm telling, I watched it. Like I was watching it, and just like I like, I can't believe this is happening. Like what? Literally, what the fuck? Like, and then, like, apropos of nothing, just Chris Rock and Steve Martin walk out on the stage and start doing bits, and I was just like, dude, what? Like, it, I'm telling you, it was such a wild opening to the show. You absolutely have to go back and watch it. It was nuts. Well, as you're talking, I looked it up and it's on mute, so I can't hear it. But like, I saw her come out dressed as Mr. Rogers. And uh, oh, I forgot that was even the weirdest part of the thing. She comes out on a Mr. Rogers set. And then like, she dresses up as uh, as what's her face from Midsummer, And that didn't even get nominated. I mean, it should have. I hope that she's wearing this as like a thing like, hey, you fuckers, you snubbed this movie or you snubbed her. Um, yeah, it's summer flowers. Yeah, 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 dude. It was like it was fucking surreal, man. Like I, I could not even compute it. Well, I have one more note to add before we jump into the awards. Then aside from that is uh, where the fuck was Luke Perry and Sid Haig? Like I complete, I wrote that down and forgot. I wrote it down on my other page, so I didn't see it. Luke Perry was not in the uh, memoriam, and neither was fucking Sid Haig. Like, if you want to skimp on Sid Haig, that's on you. Whatever. Like, if they don't want to include him, whatever. But Luke Perry, what the fuck? The only thing I can think about Luke Perry is that maybe they think he's more of a TV guy, you know? Which I yeah, guess he is, is a true, fucking but- he is a legend. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt were starstruck 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 on the set of once upon a time because that was the guy they thought was the man when he when when they were kids like so seeing him in right. once upon a time in hollywood like that alone should have earned him a spot in that memoriam right i i feel like i mean fucking kobe was in it so i mean which i mean i don't mean that as like disrespect i mean sure put kobe in it like great but yeah like, he won a, he won an oscar but he wasn't a fucking actor or an right. actress yeah. or anything he was a creator i agree I agree with you. I think they should like, I think they should like err on the side of like doing too many people because like, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Why the fuck not? Why, why not throw like literally five seconds to Luke Perry, you know? Yeah. Like would adding Luke Perry and Sid Haig, like what's the worst that would have done? Add it an extra 10 seconds to the emo performance of a Beatles song. Like, whatever. Um, yeah. I was watching that and I was like, dude, I'd like between like, the in memoriam segment and like just the overall length of the show. I was like, they're really trying to make me hate like yesterday, like one of the best Beatles songs. Like there it's, it's really like grating on my nerves at this point. You know, it made it all better. Uh, seeing Zazie beats, just walking around, like, uh, talking. That was awesome. I love Zazie beats. She's, she's awesome. 
Uh, I like her too, but I thought it was so funny how she like that one time where she goes over to like the choir di- or not the choir director, the the orchestra director guy, and she like walks over to him and it's like, "Hey, what's up?" and he's like, "Hey, what's up?" and then she's like, "All right, anyways, so the next award." <laughs> yeah dude yeah it was good like i like i don't know why they did that um right uh you know and 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 while we're at it i'm just gonna i got a hot take for you hot take um i don't know if you're gonna agree or disagree i don't know if the people listeners let us know if my hot take is wrong let's do it dude timothy chalamet is so fucking overrated jesus (laughs) christ oh my god what is happening to the world where we think this guy is like the next james fucking dean Okay. The a dude has one rank. He has one fucking note. Like that's it. Okay. A couple of things. One, his whole outfit tonight, like the, the track suit, like tux or whatever the fuck he was wearing, that should be illegal. I don't know why that was acceptable. They should have just put his, just put him in a tux and just marched him up there on the stage, just like everybody else. And then been done with it. Um, so I agree with you there, but I don't think he's bad. I think he's maybe he is overrated. Maybe he is overrated, but I think like he's a good, talented kid who is like really good looking. And so like, you know, people are like obsessed with him. You know what I mean? I think he's a nice, talented young kid, but is he the next James Dean? Like, no. Have you seen Call Me By Your Name? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that movie. You didn't like it? No, I don't really like Army Hammer, to be honest with you. I thought there's a lot of reasons I didn't care for that movie. Um, uh, the, 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 mainly because you're homophobic, is that right? <laughs> yeah, you caught me. Uh, I'm announcing it here, folks. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, I just thought it was one of those movies where like it was a darling that year and I watched it after all the hype and then it was just like, right. eh, whatever. No, like, I, I liked it quite a bit. He was in a, he was in Beautiful Boy, which I thought had a real chance to do something, um, special. And that movie was a fucking train wreck and he was a train wreck in it. Um, well, I guess, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, I haven't seen him in anything else other than call me by your name. So I guess, I don't know, maybe I don't really have any room to talk, but I, I don't know. I think he's generally fine. Well, I'm not going to say he's not talented. Obviously he's talented. He's a good looking kid. Like I'm sure he's got a bright future in front of him. Um, I just think right now, like we just choose like the strangest people to like just ordain. Yeah. And the, the whole uh, ordination. I feel like the whole ordination process is obscene anyways. You know what I mean? Like, like I want to go to Timothy Chalamet and be like, dude, like just, just go work with the best director you possibly can. And like, let's not see you for like five years. You know what I mean? Or like Billie Eilish be like, just go into hiding for a few years and then come out and like, get, go try to have a normal life for like, I feel bad for these kids. You know what I mean? Getting like sucked into the fucking machine, you know? Well, I feel like, you know, he's working with a great director. He's worked with Greta Gerwig twice now, but the problem is he's attached himself to this wagon that not only happens to be a phenomenal director and writer, but she also is like in the spotlight just because of like everything going on in Hollywood. So it's impossible for him not to be in the spotlight because I'm sure he'll work with her again. Like he's hit fireworks both times working with her. Um, right, right. So I agree with you though. Like, but some of these people, they need to take a cue from like a guy like Joaquin, like Joaquin yeah. will go and he'll, he'll turn in performances like, uh, you were never really here, um, or right. there. What, what was, I think was you never, anyway, it's a great movie. And like, no one really like talked about it. He'll go do, he'll do movies with Paul Thomas Anderson and right. like, he'll fly under the radar while he's still turning out, you know, the best performances of the year. Right. So I mean, yeah, there he he needs to do something. I just it's it's not his fault that I think that it's it's every it's every the way he's being portrayed. 
right? I feel like he's just the next fucking like victim of the hype machine. And I, like, I just want to be like, dude, can can we just like leave this kid alone and let him like work on his craft for a few years? You know what I mean? Like taking some really interesting parts and like, if we leave this fucking kid alone, he might turn into a really good act, really great actor someday. Even you know, like, I don't know, man. It's just it, it, it's. I don't know. It's there's something depressing about it where I'm just like, well, like, okay, they've crowned a new young prince, and now like he's gonna be like, you know, like he's probably gonna go to rehab when he's like 30, and you know, like I don't know, man. Yeah, it's, it's just, like if you look at a guy like Leo, Leo's an anomaly. He should never have done right. what he did. So right. when you look at a guy like a career like Leo's had, and then you look at look at um, other people who've started off young and and they burnt really bright, but then they just faded out. Um, right. I feel like that's the, that's where he's headed, but hopefully we're wrong and he'll, he'll end up, you know, really proving that he is worth, um, the praise being heaped upon him. Um, Leo is a perfect example, man. I mean, literally the textbook example of like, like there was, I feel like there was a period of time in the late nineties where we just like, didn't see a lot of Leo. And then he like reappeared and like, catch me if you can. And it was like, Oh shit, he's all grown up now. And now he's a movie star. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, Okay, let's get back to awards. We got a few more to go right. over. Original screenplay, Parasite. That was an interesting one. Were you surprised at all? Um, I was surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm I was surprised by the whole Parasite thing, man. I mean, you want to talk about it now, or you want to wait till the till we do Best Picture? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about it then. Actually, yeah, let's go through some of these awards. There's only a couple of one to really highlight, and that's one of them. Right. So yeah, let's come back and circle back to it. Adapted screenplay. I was really really happy that uh taika took this one home oh right yeah yeah. man i was really happy about that i knew jojo was gonna get screwed on everything else um so the fact that he took home best adapted screenplay not that we're gonna talk about this category but i thought it was insane that it didn't take home the award for best costume design um Mm -hmm. because you could make the argument oh well they just dress like you know 1940s garb like you know germany the nazis French, all that shit, but it's like little women one. All they did was dress up right. in that period as well. So like, what are you saying? Um, yeah, those, those period pieces, I feel like they always win best costume design. Yeah. Know? When it's like all you did, no offense to the cost. I, mean, I am not like those, those people are geniuses with what they do. They're great. But all you did was flip to a fucking history book and you're like, okay, this right. is what they're going to wear. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I was glad, uh, I was glad Taika won cause I knew it was not going to win again. And that was the correct assumption. What do you think? Yeah, you have you any know, thoughts on that? You haven't seen JoJo, so I don't know, man. Like all this, like, dude, I like obviously, like I've heard like good things about JoJo Rabbit, and like obviously, like I'm looking forward to seeing it. But like, dude, all this, like, I don't, I don't want to say it's hype because it's not exactly reaching the level of hype. But like, every time I see clips from it, I know that when I actually finally watch it, like, it's gonna kind of ruin it. Like, I just wish I would have seen it like three months ago or whatever. Because like, every time I like see clips from it or like even like notice it exists. I'm like, Oh, it looks so fucking ham fisted. And like, Oh boy. You know? And like, I know that's not how I should look at the movie, but it's one of those things where like the external circumstances have just like dictated my opinion on this movie before it even happens. You no, know? I, like, I feel your pain. That's how, that's where I'm at with parasite. I haven't seen parasite yet. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Like you're going to be told like how important this movie is and you're going to watch it and be like, okay, I liked it. But like, you know, um, Another one that uh, that we're not really going to talk about, but I was glad. Best production design, 100% Once Upon a Time in Hollywood deserved it. That set right. was fucking 
amazing. Now I'm a bit biased because the nostalgia machine was rolling. Um, old school mm-hmm. Hollywood is something special to behold on the outside anyway. Um, so I was glad that they, that one production design cause it fucking deserved it. I mean, really, truly beautiful, beautiful shit. And you know, to be honest with you, dude, I know that, that most of the time, like it's the most boring part of the ceremony, but like, this is like the real, like kind of heartwarming shit because like you never see these people's names. You never like, they're completely behind the scenes, just craftsmen, like doing a job, you know what I mean? And like, I don't know. It's so nice to have like just a fucking like workman like craftsman just like come up there and be like, fuck yeah. Like I did, like I, I did, like I, I want a gold statue for like the work that I do every day, specifically on this movie. I, you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's like weirdly heartwarming. It's like an electrician getting an award or something. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I was, I was really pumped about it. Um, and, uh, I was really happy that it got it. Um, let's jump to, uh, what I think is the biggest upset of the night. I think it's, I think it's an atrocity. I use that word to the fullest extent of his definition. Um, okay. I'm going to, we, we can talk about it first and then I'm going to tell you something, but I'll tell the story afterwards. Okay. So let me set the okay. stage. You've got Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell fucking killed it. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought she was the favorite, clear favorite, especially if we want to revisit Brad Pitt winning to where we said it's not a lifetime achievement award. But Kathy Bates is important to Hollywood. I would put her up there with like Meryl Streep. So you've got Kathy Bates. You've got Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit, which you thought, good God, if anybody could beat out Kathy Bates, it's going to be her because her performance in Jojo was better than her performance in Marriage Story. I haven't seen Little Women, so I can't comment on Florence Pugh, except I know she's talented. I haven't seen Bombshell, but we all know Margot Robbie's. We know your thoughts on Florence Pugh. And we all know Margot Robbie is a talented actress. So Bombshell, we haven't seen it. Neither of us have. Actually, we haven't seen Little Women or Bombshell. Actually, you haven't seen any movie on this list except Marriage Story. Um, <laughs> okay. So shocker, shocker. You, you know by now. Fucking Laura Dern won for Marriage Story. Okay. I'm watching the fucking Oscars alone in my house. because My wife's out of town. And I literally, like, I have like an, a gasp out loud when she won because I just assumed ScarJo or uh, or Kathy Bates was going to take this one home. I was hoping for Kathy Bates. When they said Laura Dern almost swallowed my fucking tongue. <laughs> and and I'll tell you why. Before before you give your thoughts, I watched Marriage Story yesterday. We talked about it a little bit. I'm literally watching this movie. Like as again it's a 2 hour and 15 minute movie. As I'm watching it, I'm like, man, this is this isn't bad. Like, I agree with your assessment. I think we talked about it off pod. It should have been a play, 100%. This should not have been a movie. But uh, I'm watching it. I like uh, it. was an okay movie. Uh, you know, a couple issues here and there. But uh, I'm thinking, man, why did Laura Dern get nominated? She didn't do anything in this movie. Like, I'm not being mean because I love Laura Dern. She's fucking great. But she's not doing anything in this movie. She didn't bring anything to the table. All she did was act like an asshole lawyer. So going into it with that knowledge tonight when she won, I was literally taken aback. I'm not even being like funny or hyperbolic. I was blown away she won tonight, and I have no idea why she won. Hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know. I I I, I generally liked Marriage Story. Um, regarding her performance in it, well, first of all, I mean, I, I love Laura Dern. Um, you know, I think anybody who likes movies loves. Well, yeah, she's great. She's been, I mean, she's been David Lynch's muse for most of her career. Um, she's just been in some great work. She's a great actress, but 
I see where you're coming from. I do. I do see where you're coming from. And have you seen Big Little Lies, the HBO show? Yeah, I, I haven't seen the whole show. My wife watches it, so I've watched a couple episodes with her. Um, I watched the first season. I haven't seen the second season, but I feel like this, like her character is really similar to the one in Big Little Lies. And I feel like she just kind of did her Big Little Lies uh, role in Marriage Story, which... I mean, I don't think that literally, like, I don't think literally she just walked in and was like, fuck it, I'm doing big little lies in this movie. Like, but I think the similarities are really there and she kind of hit the same note. Um, I don't know, man. I wasn't too mad about it because as you pointed out, I have not seen any of those fucking movies. And honestly, like, I'm glad the Lord Dern has won an Academy Award, you know? Um, I don't well, know, okay. You know? Let me tell you though, where it loses me, we'll jump ahead because we want to cover a couple other ones, but we'll jump ahead to best actress. Where it loses me is the fact as soon as she won, I was like, okay, Scarlett Johansson is going to win best actress a hundred percent. I was a hundred percent on board in my mind with the fact that Scarlett Johansson will win for marriage story because she was great in both. I think she's better in Jojo, but they didn't give her Jojo. So they'll give her marriage story. And then out of left field, at a fucking far left, like as close to the fucking out of bounds line as you can get. Renee Zellweger wins. And I'm sitting there. And once again, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I, now I have not seen Judy, but we have talked about biopics. I don't know if we've talked about them on the air before, but I, I haven't seen it. So I'm not going to condemn this. I'm just going to say I was shocked. I'm not going to say like Scarlett Johansson deserved it. Cause I have not seen Little Women, Bombshell, I've seen Harriet. Cynthia Revo was great, or Revo was great. I've not seen Judy, so I don't know. What are your thoughts, though? I mean, I haven't seen Judy either, but like, and I'm probably not going to see it, but like, the Renee Zellweger Award is particularly confusing because Judy was not like... I, I don't think it was particularly critically acclaimed, and I don't think anybody really saw it. I mean, I don't even remember when it was released. Like, if you told me that Judy was released in like June, I'd have been like, Oh, okay. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think you it know? dropped in November. Um, so like, yeah. So like, I don't, but I thought it was particularly strange because we talked about that, like lifetime achievement award or whatever. And aside from her, I do think Scarlett Johansson is really good in marriage. So I think she's probably the best thing about the movie. Um, I think she really elevates, some really clunky writing or on certain portions. Uh, I, I'll, um, I will double down and say a uh, super pretentious writing. Like I'm not, I'm not taking shots at, at Bombach, but we both know the dude's kind of pretentious. I feel like he kind of let himself go in that movie, but that's here and right there. I agree with you is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I wouldn't say pretentious. I would say indulgent, self-indulgent. Well, that too. I'll um, say both. <laughs> yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I genuinely thought that like she, this was going to be her crowning achievement. I mean, she's, she's one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood, you know, old fashioned movie star. We talk, you know, we've used that terminology. Um, and she's unlike most people, she has successfully navigated the journey from young, like blonde bombshell ingenue to, um, mature experienced talented uh is able to work with you know great directors and and, and that type of thing she, she's she's weathered that storm that so many other actresses haven't been able to weather for whatever reason and um 
you know, I, I just, it would have been such a great story for this to have, and it is a great performance. It would have been such a great story for this to be her, you know, crowning achievement. This is, you know, this is her, she's an Academy Award winner, Scarlett Johansson. And to give it to Renee Zellweger for a role that is quite frankly, I mean, a little bit puzzling. I mean, who is making a Judy Garland movie in 2019? I mean, people don't even know who Judy Garland is anymore, you know? And like, not just that, but if you were going to go the career achievement route, Renee Zellweger has already won an Academy Award. She won for Cold Mountain. So, like, it's just insane to me that you would give, you know, Renee Zellweger a second Oscar instead of giving Scarlett Johansson her first one. It just seems, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I, I agree 100%. And, and the movie didn't look good. It looks like a typical right. hit your beats biopic. Um, and he, even if we haven't seen it, like we, we know what those kind of movies are. And like, it didn't, people were talking about marriage story. No one was fucking talking about Judy, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the decision at all. I thought her speech was fucking insanely weird and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why didn't they just cut her fucking mic? I think she lost it halfway through anyway. Yeah. I think she went off the tracks, <laughs> but, uh, uh, let's go, let's talk about something pleasant instead of, uh, that that uh well i don't have a problem with renee zellweger winning but anyway something pleasant is uh fucking deacons deacons took it home man oh, hell yeah dude now is this the first oscar he's won because i remember like he didn't win for a very long time i don't know i will google um, it because i think i thought he had won before because i was surprised to hear tonight was uh we'll get to this but walking phoenix first first oscar i was blown away yeah 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 joaquin's first um yeah, first first Oscar. Um, uh, hold on, I'm looking up the Deacons right now. Yeah, me too. Um, I think yeah, second. This is his second one. What did he win for before? Um, before he won for oh Blade, Blade Runner. Run. Oh, he won for Blade Runner 2049. Oh yeah. fuck yeah, I didn't know that. Hundred percent deserve that one too. Spot on. Because before Blade Runner 2049, he was like one of the most nominated people ever, but to never win an award, which is insane because he is a fucking god cinematographer. And um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, it was awesome for him to get for him to get a second Academy Award. I mean, he, he deserves it, man. If anybody deserves two, it's him. So 1917 won for that. So best cinematography, him, uh, best sound mixing at one for best visual effects. So it was a favorite to win best picture. Right. Right. But we're not going to get to that yet. Let's uh, cover a couple more, actually. Uh, best score. Well, we should mention Ford v Ferrari picked up a few, picked up a couple of technical awards, which I guess was nice. I haven't seen it, but I know you liked it a lot. Oh, man. Best sound editing. It 100% deserved it. I know it sounds weird to be happy about best sound editing, but I think sometimes, especially oddly enough, if you're listening to us on headphones, audio is very important. Right. Like sound is very important. It could throw off the whole fucking movie. We've talked about sound a little bit when we did our Catherine Bigelow series, go back and listen to that if you haven't, where I told you the timing was always off on the guns in like the 80s and 90s. Right. So the sound editing in 4V Ferrari was beautiful. It really sucked you in. It was so well done because you know, if you've ever been to a racetrack, the sound hits you. There's a wave of sound that hits you every time the cars come around the corner. Right. And they did a really good job of getting you in the movie. They made you feel like you were in the stands. So when they won best sound editing, oddly enough, I mean, for what it is, I was very excited that they won that because they deserved it. Sure. Uh, what were we talking about? 1917. Yeah. So 1917 was, oh yeah, score. Joker. That's what it was. Joker won the best score. What do you think about that? Because I have thoughts. 
I mean, I like when the nominees came up, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm, I'm going to have an opinion on this one because, you know, I, I like like movie soundtrack or I should say movie, you know, scores and stuff. And like, oh, like I'm, I need to figure out who I'm rooting for, you know, or whatever on this one. And like when the nominees were introduced, I was just like, like, I guess I mean, I don't really like any of them. So, like, I, I mean, I was just glad Joker won something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't really have a strong opinion on this one. Why? What did you? This is one of those times where my a str- my strong opinion did not prevent me from being happy about the outcome. Okay. I have a very strong opinion that 1917 should have won. 1917, oh, okay. every time they won an award and they played pieces of that, it gave me chills. Oh, I got you. Because the music, the score worked so well with the camera work. But Joker's score was my favorite thing about the movie. It was fucking great. Really? You're- so when oh, Joker... Really? hundred percent favorite thing about the movie, wow. because aside from Joaquin Phoenix's performance, which is not even my favorite Joaquin performance, it's probably not even my top three. It was the only thing that felt original about the film. Cause as we discussed in our last Oscar mm-hmm. episode, I thought there wasn't much original that Todd Phillips brought to the game. Sure. So the score really worked in my opinion. It worked on several levels and several scenes. Right. Okay. So as much as I want a 1917 to win, um, I'm really glad the Joker won, but the head scratcher here is why in the name of fuck did Star Wars Rise of Skywalker get a nomination? That's been the score since 1977. I mean, I think if John Williams does a movie, he automatically gets a nomination at this point. It's like the Meryl Streep. I agree with you that. You know what I mean? I will say he found a way to beef up that score. Uh, the, the, the second trailer they released for that movie, what they did with that score was fucking phenomenal. I did, I did enjoy that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's just roll into Best Actor. Joaquin Phoenix won. No shocker there. What do you think? I'm going to be honest, dude. The, the the further we get away from Joker and the more deeply embedded we get into Joker discourse, the more I like the movie um, because I feel like there's only like, you know, a handful of people who like are, I feel like are like, I don't want to say getting the movie because a lot of people saw it and a lot of people enjoyed it. But I just feel like the Joker discourse is just such, I don't know, it's such bullshit. It's like, and you know, not to slag off the woke people again but it's like that snl sketch of like saying that like joker is about white male rage you know what i mean and like oh that whole skit was fucking stupid but anyway but like not like not recognizing that that joker is not about white male rage that it is about the the rage of the underclass in america yeah it's about inequality right it's about well like, it's about wealth inequality every bit as much as parasite is and like I'm sorry, but if you don't understand that, you know, fuck off, man. You don't like, you don't get a voice in the movie conversation, like, or you shouldn't like, it's just, and so like, I'm honestly, I was like, you know what, man, at this point, like, fuck it. I'm happy if Joker wins anything. Like, I think this rules. And not only did I like the movie, but I also sort of just have like a, I don't want to say a political reason for it, but maybe like an ideological reason where I'm like, yeah, fucking shove it down their throats that, Hey, this, this movie was not just, it was good and critically acclaimed, but like, People went and saw it, and people went and fucking enjoyed it. This is an R-rated, dark-ass movie that people went and saw, and they fucking enjoyed. Like, because probably they could relate to it a lot more than fucking, like, you know, Hollywood elites or whatever. So, like, I'm in the corner of Joker, and, like, I really do think one of the main reasons it was so good is Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I thought he was incredible. He's one of our best working actors, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm on board for this. It was an unequivocal win for me. Okay. I love Joaquin Phoenix. I think he's great. I've loved Joaquin. The first Joaquin Phoenix movie I saw 
thankfully wasn't the village because it almost ended up being the village. <laughs> it was re- returned to paradise. Yeah. I still, it's probably still like in my top three favorite performances he's ever given. It was a movie he made with Vince Vaughn. I think it was late nineties. I don't know if you've seen it. It's fucking great. <laughs> haven't seen it. Looking back over all his movies as a Joaquin fan, but we both are anybody that enjoys movies probably is. I'm glad he won because he fucking deserved it. And the fact that he hasn't won an Oscar before now is mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he deserved it. For the Joker, in my opinion, he's the third best performance on this list. I have not seen the two popes and I have not seen Pain and Glory. So let's just look at three performances and I think he's the third best. Because I think Leo deserved it, hands down. I think he gave his best performance. The problem is the Academy appeased him with the Revenant when that wasn't even in the ballpark of his best performance he's ever given. Right. So then you have Adam Driver, who Marriage Story, who I thought he stole the show. I thought Adam Driver gave a chilling performance. It was so good. It made me uncomfortable. Right. His performance in marriage story, like it, it almost made me not want to finish the movie. He was so fucking good. So when Joaquin won, I wasn't upset. We all expected it. He was a heavy favorite. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm upset with it, but I'm going to say like, I just, I have mixed feelings about him winning for this movie when he didn't win. Like, I don't even know if he got fucking nominated for like the master. Yeah. I think, I think he was nominated for the master. I mean, he's just given some mind blowing performances over the years. Yeah. What bothers me if we're going to go, if we're going to wade into the waters of the political situation with the Joker is when Joker came out, my first thought was after I watched it with my wife, I said, look, I really hope this gets the conversation started about ignored mental illness in this country. Right. Because we're all, we're all aware of the wealth, uh, the wealth inequality that's written all over everything, every day of our fucking lives. The middle class is gone, et cetera, et cetera. But what we're still continuing to ignore is is mental health issues in this country. And I thought this was like a two-hour public service announcement of we need to pay attention to this problem. And unfortunately, to bring it full circle back to what you said, it was hijacked. The narrative of the Joker was hijacked by a bunch of assholes who started talking about incels and white male rage and all this shit. Mm-hmm. So then it lost all of its message. Right. So if this gets people talking about the Joker again and, and and talking about Joker in the terms that we're talking about it, that would be good, but I doubt it will. We're probably going to see more than a few headlines tomorrow where Joaquin Phoenix winning for his Joker performance is like problematic on X amount of levels. Right. I mean, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, you know, I, I, I okay, let me say this first about Joaquin Phoenix. If it is a career achievement, I mean, first of all, like of those three performances that you listed, Adam Driver, I mean, Leo, I would love for Leo to win. But if I'm being honest with myself, like I kind of look at this from a career like perspective and like I'm like, you know what? I'd rather Joaquin have one and Leo have one than Leo have two and Joaquin have zero. You know what I mean? Like I know that that's true. I thought about that as well. Yeah. I know that's like maybe overtly pragmatic and I know that like it's not supposed to be a career achievement awards, but I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Come on. Give Joaquin an award. He deserves at least one. And hope, you know, I'm sure maybe he'll win an, uh, another one later in his career or whatever. But like, you know, I and Adam Driver, Adam Driver is a little bit different because I feel like the Academy rewards younger women more than they do younger men. You know, like you very rarely see like a Timothy Chalamet type or like a, uh, I don't want Adam, I know Adam Driver is not new on the scene. He's been in girls for, you know, since like 2012 or whatever. But I mean, he's new on the scene at the Oscars, you know, and like, 
you know, usually they don't give it to young ingenue men. They usually give it to like young women like Emma Stone, Jennifer Lawrence, Brie Larson. Well, because it was so hard for them and they're so brave. That's why, you know, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had to say Uh, it. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I mean, but I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's reactive. I mean, it's, 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 it's a response to, you know, the, uh, the, the the general like uh, roles in the movie business. It's harder for older women to get roles, and younger women are respected more. And it's like harder for a younger twenty something man to get a role than it is for like an older thirty something man. Like that's just been the way it is in Hollywood since you know the eighties, probably. So like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's the, my point is Adam Driver was great, but like, nah, they they're not going to give it to him. And like, frankly, I would rather give them give it to you know Joaquin, but. That being said, let's let's table this Joker discussion for a second and let's dive into Best Picture because I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about Parasite versus Joker and what both movies that are ostensibly about wealth inequality and that are ostensibly very political, but I don't know. Let's just, let's just jump into Parasite. Okay. We'll we'll circle back. I promise this will this will be related. We're going to have to avoid spoilers on Parasite. I've not seen it. I obviously know it's about wealth inequality, sure. but try not to give me any spoilers. Absolutely. Also, let's not skip over this goes hand in hand. Uh, best director, because best director and best picture, we can talk about everything at the same time. Oh, sure. He, he swept the major awards. My jaw, if it could have unhinged itself and hit my desk, it would have. Now, mind you, I don't mean that in a mean way. I have not seen Parasite. Bong Joon Ho seems like a super cool dude. I am not. So, everything I'm about to say in terms of this is based on what I thought was going to happen. Sure. 1917 was the front runner for best picture. Right. And right behind that, like a far, far second was Ford V Ferrari. And then like a far, far third was once upon a time in Hollywood. The biggest dark horse in the race was parasite. Some people were on the outskirts saying they're going to give it to little women to appease the fact that there were no best female directors. Mm -hmm. But we assumed that obviously you don't know. Uh, Anyway, parasite winning was a huge upset, huge, huge fucking upset for best director. So going to best picture is what the main reason we're going to jump into that as well. So we can now connect the dots. Parasite won best director and best picture. Two biggest awards of the night. And it took it home. Screenplay. And best original screenplay. Oh yeah, shit. We skipped another. And best international film. Right, right. So Parasite essentially dominated the awards night. Like right. hands down. So let's jump into the fact that it won best picture and you can continue with your uh, your thought train there. Well, I guess, and not to spoil, you know, Parasite, but Parasite is a movie that is very explicitly about wealth inequality. Is that based on a South Korean scale or did he make it to where it's, 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 uh, it shows all wealth inequality in general, or was this framed specifically for like South Korean issues? Well, okay. Do you know the premise of the movie? No, I don't know anything because I've tried to avoid everything I can know about it. I saw too much tonight. Okay. When you can talk, go into the premise of it. That's not a problem. Just try to avoid major details. Okay. The basic premise, which is laid out about 15 minutes into the movie or 20 minutes into the movie, is that there's a poor family and they're they're a poor family in South Korea and uh, the son of the family gets a job uh, tutoring uh, a... uh, uh, like a young rich boy, right? And then he starts uh, sort of like infiltrating the family, um, like trying to get his like mother like hired as the maid, you know what I mean? That type of thing. And 
things just go off the rails from there. And that happens in like the first 20 minutes or whatever. And like, you know, things go off the rails from there. It's a, there's, it's, you know, there's certain parts of it that are thrilling and that are horrifying. And so it is specifically about South Korean wealth inequality, but I mean, wealth inequality is wealth inequality. You know, like it, 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 there are people like outside the building, the Oscars were taking place who don't know where their next meal is going to come from and who are sleeping on fucking concrete tonight like that, you know, and, and, and so what's fascinating to me is that, you know, they, they always say that, but the best picture winner is what the Academy thinks of itself, what Hollywood thinks of itself. And if, if that is to be true, and I don't, I don't necessarily think it's true, but if that truism is to be taken seriously, then the Academy thinks of itself as a promoter of work by quote unquote others. And by others, I mean, you know, literally a, a South Korean like popular genre movie, because that's, I mean, Bong Joon-ho movies are not art house movies in South Korea. They have been here, you know, in the United States, because, you know, usually that's the only place places that will, that will show like, like play like the foreign films. Right, right, right. But like over there, they're not considered artsy movies. They're considered like mainstream genre fare. And so, you know, because most of his movie, I mean, you've seen most of his movies. They're all, they're all murder mysteries or they're monster movies or they're sci-fi, you know, things and Snowpiercer and, you know, that type of, I don't know, man, I'm still kind of puzzling. You know, I, I, I mean, this is the first best picture winner ever in a foreign language ever. And like, I, don't, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't know. What do you think about it? I have someone, someone who's kind of on the outside. Like what, what impression does that give you that they were willing to not just give it best picture or not just give him best director, but literally f- give him four fucking Oscars and have him sweep the night, dominate the conversation. You know, honestly, I, I want to say, I, it's hard for me to say this without discounting him as an artist. But I will say, I feel like this is their attempt to be like, see, we can get with it. We can we can recognize what, films no, that what aren't. Is, what is the it in that sense? Uh, recognizing films that are outside of their comfort zone. Like, let's face it. I love 1917. But if 1917 would have won Best Winner or Best Picture, and if uh, Sam Mendes would have won for Best Director, that would have been par for the course. Sure. Right? It's it's we get upsets occasionally. It, it, it's rare we get an upset this big because, as I pointed out, let's look at best director and best picture. At best, Parasite was number three or four on both of those lists. Right. Like so, when you look at the fact that he got both of them, I feel like this is the Academy pandering on a large scale, and I hate to say that because I feel like it's it, it sounds like I'm taking a shot at Parasite, which I haven't even seen. But I like Bong Joon Ho. I love his movies. I think he's made some of the best movies to come out in the last fucking 10 years. And this is not his first four way foray into social uh, welfare or uh, wealth inequality. But I, th- I think two things can be true at the same time. One of them is that Bong Joon-ho is a great filmmaker slash artist. Now I am not convinced that he is like a genius level, you know, like director, but I do think he is a great director. He's one of our, you know, the best uh, you know, filmmakers working today, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think it can both simultaneously be true that Bong Joon-ho is a great director who's worthy of the attention that he's getting, but simultaneously that the Academy is sort of writing the coattails of Parasite, which it has to be noted. It has to be noted that Parasite is fucking popular. 
It has made more money than any foreign language film ever in the United States, ever in the history of cinema. And it was, of course, very popular in South Korea and very popular worldwide. So I think it can be simultaneously true that Bong Joon-ho is a great director who made a great movie, but that the Academy is riding the coattails of Parasite and going, see, we get it. We're woke. We are. We appreciate like foreign film. We appreciate movies about wealth and equality, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. No, no, I, I agree. I, I don't know. I, I would say like I have not seen Parasite. If this opinion, when I watch Parasite, we're going to talk about it. At this point, now we have to. So we will talk about it once I see it. I'm hoping to see it this week. It's back in theaters for Oscar time. So we'll see. I just, I just feel for you that like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't get a pure experience exactly because I saw it like way after the hype cycle was already over or I thought the hype cycle was over, but I certainly didn't know it was going to win best fucking picture. And now like, I don't know. I feel like we're through the looking glass with parasite. Like it'll be impossible for anybody to see it with fresh eyes. Now, you know, there's a couple of things that make me sad uh, about this, about all the categories in general, all the categories this movie was nominated in. The fact that Martin Scorsese made a masterpiece, it was my favorite movie of 2019 and, and brought and, and went home empty handed. That's really sad. Um, yeah, he's he's an old school auteur like uh, it's depressing. I mean, you know, I, I will say I a I agree with you, but dude, honestly, like. He's already won his Oscar and like the Oscars have shown themselves that they're willing to you know, just give him an award for a movie. Yeah, because he made a Hollywood movie and cast Jack Nicholson in it. So they gave him his first Oscar for that. Sure. Like, let's ignore Goodfellas, Casinos, uh, fucking Raging Bull. Let's give him one for The Departed. Sure. That makes sense. Right. So like, but but I feel like, and this is going to be really like, this is going to be really galaxy brain level like shit, but I almost feel like it was kind of like a greater honor for like, for like Bong Joon-ho to get up there and like thank Scorsese and say like you're a legend and for I mean the entire academy literally gave him a standing ovation tonight and his movie did not win like I believe I believe I text you that uh they recognize their god yeah whenever they all did that so yeah go ahead I mean that's something special man like really like that 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 when that gave me goosebumps when he did that because it was like he got up there and was like I have to recognize this man who I'm nominated with is one of the best to ever fucking do it. And maybe the, the the best one alive, like left that's still putting out great movies. And like, you know, I got to give, I got to give him props and literally the entire building felt exactly the same way and gave him a fucking just instant standing ovation. I mean, that was special, man. You know what I mean? Like that, that, I feel like that was almost even worth more than just a, another Oscar. Like he, he, he is valued by his peers and the people that are winning these awards. And that was a really special moment for me. I thought, no, I agree. I loved it. And I'm not necessarily going to say, I mean, I'm, I'll, I will, I will. My second thing was to that is the Irishman isn't even my second choice for the two major categories. Like I love the Irishman, but if you're looking at, if you're looking at films where someone got out of their comfort zone and had the and had to really do something special behind the camera. No offense to Scorsese. Scorsese is a fucking genius, but he's been there before. All he did was change the mode in which he visited. Sure. So when you look at Best Director, Sam Mendez or Quentin Tarantino deserved it. 
Um, Sam Mendes for 1917. We've talked about this before from a purely directorial standpoint from like, I'm going to direct the shit out of this movie in terms of like the, the way they did it, the detect the, like the technology that had to go behind it, the technicality that went behind it. You could argue he was working with the best cinematographer alive. Right. Um, so that made his job easier. Right. But then when you look at best picture, I'm actually not upset that 1917 didn't win because that was so predictable. So for Parasite winning, I really thought if, if 1917 didn't get it for V Ferrari would. Yeah, I don't know. It was a tough year, though, because as we've discussed before, there was a lot of great movies out there this year and great performances. But uh, uh, pour one out for Netflix. Netflix brought the most people to the dance that nobody wanted to dance with. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know, man. I'll, I'll tell you this, too. I'll tell you something that they kept uh, kept recurring to me. Like, you know, the Oscars, I mean, obviously they suck, but it's also like the Oscars are a place for the people who like made great movies that year to all get together and have their moment in the spotlight. And I, like, I'm sorry, but it it's absolutely bullshit on a number of levels that like this like party at the end of the year for all the movies didn't have the Safety brothers as part of it. Like how fun would it have been to see the Safety brothers, you know, sitting there, not not on the front row of course, but sitting there a few rows back and have Sandler on the front row and um, you know, and then like, you know, obviously Julia Fox, maybe her first time would have been there, probably would have killed it on the red carpet. Um, and, uh, and, and to have like, I don't know, five or six of those like random, like New York city character actors just sort of like popping up randomly, like, and being interviewed on the red carpet, you know what I mean? Like that would have been fucking cool, man. Like th- that, that was disappointing that that wasn't part of like the big celebration. I watched Uncut Gems again outside of the Irishman which I have a special, a special affinity for because I, I grew up with Martin Scorsese movies. My favorite director, hands down. He's made some of my favorite movies of all time. Um, outside of The Irishman, Uncut Gems, in my opinion, is the purest film made this year, or last year, I should say. There is no one out there, in my opinion, that is as vocal about the way they feel about film and like the fact that they're trying to do something different. It's almost like it's coursing through their veins. They were born filmmakers. So the fact that they weren't there is fucking insane. The fact that they didn't nominate Uncut Gems for Best Picture just to get them in the door. Okay, so you screwed Adam Sandler. Arguably the best performance of the year. That's fine. But give him a Best Picture. You had enough room and that would have got him in the door. But you didn't want him there because they go against everything you fucking stand for at the Academy. That's why the Academy fucking sucks. I, I completely, I could not agree with you more. I mean, that's like... Yeah, like these guys, they have a Scorsese vibe or a Tarantino vibe. There's a reason these names keep coming up. And it's not because they're great artists, because they are. Scorsese is a great artist. Tarantino is a great artist, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not just that they're a great artist. It's that they are an advocate for cinema as an art form. You know, when, when, when Martin Scorsese says stuff like the Marvel movies aren't cinema, you know, and Quentin Tarantino says, if you're shooting a movie on digital, or you're projecting a movie on digital, that's not cinema. That's just TV in public, right? I'm not saying I agree with necessarily all that, but like, it's important to have these people who stick up for the fucking art form. You know what I mean? Who are willing to champion like old movies and stuff. I I, I ended up not going this weekend, but um, this weekend I almost went down and saw this movie. um, Jesus, I can't even remember the name of it, but it has Ava Gardner in it. And it's like, it's like, 
Ah, shit, I can't think of the name of it, but it's like a 17th century fantasy about like a a sea captain who can't like set foot on land until he finds true love or whatever. And it's Ava Gardner. It's some 1953 like random like romantic fantasy. And the only reason it was playing in the theater, the only reason that we even have a good copy of this film is because Martin Scorsese bought a copy of it at an auction and then like personally paid his own money to have it restored into pristine condition. And now it's like touring around New York and I'm sure it'll probably be at LA. Like literally like you go to the theater and you're watching his actual film print that he owns. And like, that is the type of shit that I'm talking about. Like these advocates for the form. Um, Quentin Tarantino owns a movie theater that shows like these old repertory works. And like, in a universe where like 90% of movies made before 1930 are just gone and disappeared forever. We need these advocates. Like there's a reason people think Martin Scorsese is a hero. And it's not just because they like Goodfellas. It's because he is a fucking advocate for cinema. And the Safdie brothers have a little bit of that in them. You know, it's, they're not, I'm not comparing the two, but they have a little bit of, you know, they have a little bit of grain of Scorsese in them. And to, to not like have them at the Oscars having a good time and, you know, celebrating sort of this DIY, like on, you know, perverse filmmaking, like is, is fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I, I fucking agree with every, every word of that. I don't, they're not Scorsese yet, but where are they going to be in 10 years, 15 years? Some of the shit they do is reminiscent of like mean streets, like Mm -hmm. old school, Scorsese street filmmaking with New Yorkers in it. At the time, he was just running around, uh, hanging out with Harvey Keitel and and De Niro, who weren't famous that famous yet. He's just making movies in New York. That's what the fucking Safi mm-hmm. brothers are doing. They could literally be working with the next De Niro right now. It means a lot, and it's it's yeah, it's 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 complete bullshit. I mean, it really and not to like wax poetic about cinema, but it's the fucking truth, man. It is. It is. I mean, and like, it's, you know, like, oh, I feel like there's anything that's, you know, uh, I hate to use this term, but on brand for our podcast, you know, and our, our like vibe here is like, you know, and to put a button on like the, you know, the, the Oscar conversation and just the whole, I don't know, our, our first month as a podcast. And I know we've got, we've got way more listeners than I thought we would after like a month. Like this is the silver screen video ethos. You know what I mean? Like, is, is to, to try to like be a friend, you know, not that we are a force of good in the world, but just to be a friend, to be a nice voice in your ear that, you know, like reminds you that, Hey, there's this thing called cinema and it's a lot bigger and it's a lot more beautiful and it's a lot more varied and it's a lot more artful and it's a lot more perverse than this fucking three and a half hour long, uh, circle jerk would have you believe, you know, it's not some self congratulatory, um, thing with Jeff Bezos in the fucking back. It's DIY. It's, you know, do it yourself. Uh, again, perverse, uh, dirty, like fantastic shit. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm completely off. I'm not going to let what you just reminded me of cause me to go off like a loose fucking cannon. But the fact that I forgot Jeff Bezos was there. Yeah, whatever. Jesus. Fuck it, man. Uh, closing notes, closing thoughts. I should say, what do you, what do you got for closing thoughts? I don't know, man. Those are, I guess that's really it. I feel like I got all my, uh, my vitriol out. Um, it's funny. I feel like you did more ranting this episode than I did. (laughs) I I I love it. I love it. It's awesome. 
I, I don't know, man. It's just like, like, like literally like not to get, like you said, wax poetic or too sentimental, but this is why we fucking started this podcast is to like, because like if you, okay, you're the viewer, right? You're, you're, you like movies. You're out there in the world. You like movies, right? You're going to, what, what are you going to do? You're going to turn on the Oscars and you're going to watch the Oscars and you're going to watch three and a half hours of it. And then you're going to like get that sinking pit of that feeling in your stomach that something is fucking wrong, that this art form is, is disgusting and that it's decadent and that it's, it's just an obscene show for all these fucking rich clowns to like march across the stage and give gold to each other with the fucking built, the richest man who's ever existed on the planet smiling approvingly in the back. And like, me and you, me and Jonathan, we would have this conversation regardless of if we had a podcast or not, because we would want to remind ourselves, hey, by the way, this isn't what movies are about. This is not what cinema is about. It, and that's what I think the key thing to take away is this fucking show, this dog and pony show that they do every fucking year. It's obscene. And it's not what it's not what it's not. It has nothing to do with why we love cinema. It has nothing to do with why we love movies. And there may be a few moments every year that are enjoyable or that kind of nod to it. But 99% of it is fucking bullshit. And the real truth of that love, the real, the real balls to the wall, like truth of that love of cinema that you have deep down within you is when you pop that DVD or that VHS in the video player. And it's just you and Michelangelo Antonioni or Scorsese or Fellini or fill in the fucking blank. And I don't know. The Oscars have very little to do with that and they should not be taken seriously. And frankly, probably should not be watched by anybody who is interested in cinema as an art form. So that's, that's my fucking rant, man. I don't know. Just watching this shit just makes me really depressed about movies. And I have to remind myself that like, this is not why I love cinema. This is just fucking bullshit. You know? Yeah, well, I just want to point out to the listeners, you made me watch it. You literally, numerous texts back and forth where you said, do it for the pod. You actually had to give me your login for live TV because I had no way of watching it. <laughs> so you just went off on like a 10-minute talk about how depressing they are, and you made me watch it. I know, dude. I okay. This podcast exists in a year. We're not doing this again. I, I will say... I can't speak for you, but if we had had this conversation like we would have outside of the podcast in general, because we talk about this shit, it would have been like we toned it down big time for the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm unfiltered now, dude. I feel like oh, I, I am far from unfiltered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, um, let's keep your governor on for a little. <laughs> I, uh, I will say, okay, my closing thoughts, everything you said, I agree with. So I'm not going to double down on anything. You said it perfectly. My favorite moment of the night was Joaquin Phoenix's speech. I'm not going to go into detail. It's not the time or the platform. I appreciated everything you said. Certain things resonated deeply with me. Um, you noticed on a couple of things he said, only like 5% of the people in that auditorium clapped. Sure. Um, it was an interesting moment. I, I appreciate him saying that most people wouldn't have the balls to, I love the fact that he walks the walk and talks to talk. Um, and, uh, you know, it only took, I Googled his speech about 10 minutes after, and it only took that long for people to start posting shit online and praising his speech, but they're only picking out parts they agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, his speech was all encompassing. So Google his speech. It'll be on YouTube. It's probably on YouTube right now. Listen to it. It was very thoughtful. Even if you do pick out certain parts, all of it was very thoughtful. 
I agree with what he said. We are at our best whenever we approach things from the way he was talking about it. Um, so I appreciated his speech. I like him in general. He seems like a really cool dude. I know a lot of people think he's like awkward and weird. Um, but just because you're a movie star and you're really fucking good at what you do doesn't mean you don't have to deal with anxiety or any of that shit. You know what I mean? So uh, I love that. Um, congratulations to Parasite. I don't think he expected it, and I loved that. I, he just, I don't know, man. So there were a little, there was a little bit of positivity amidst, uh, like in the middle of all the bullshit. I'm just going to ignore just the, uh, the just goddamn atrocity of Laura Dern winning. I'm sorry, but Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened on that award? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel that strongly about that as you do, but I mean, I do agree that they're, you know, and, and I agree with you. Those moments stick out, man. I mean, Joaquin, like, I don't know, not to get into specifics or, I mean, we can even get into specifics if you want. I don't give a shit, but like, at the end of the day, him and specifically, I mean, there, there's, there was maybe a couple more people, but specifically the woman who said she lives in Afghanistan and made the skateboarding documentary, like a couple of those people really like her and him, like they seem like really genuine people who really, you know, uh, got up there and, and, and tried to say something that was genuine and heartfelt and uh, in a bull in, in a literal pile, like, just dump truck load full of bullshit. It, you know, it's, it, it, it resonates a little bit. Um, absolutely. I think it really helps kind of, um, kind of push away the chicken little idea that everyone seems to have about the sky is falling. Like there is a little bit of hope still there as to what will happen. We don't know, but I appreciate it. A lot of those moments. Yeah. He seems like a genuine guy who's really trying to like, you know what I mean? You, you like, you could see it kind of written across his face that he was like, I, I'm trying to say something important, but I do not want to come off like all these other assholes do. So let me choose my words carefully. You know what I mean? It, it was. It, yeah. I, I mean, dude, he, he grew up with missionary parents. He was born as they were on the field. He's been a vegan for, I, I think, 12 years old because I've, I've done a lot of reading and research on him. I really like him. Uh, so I really appreciate what he said. And, and you know, just to say. The only reason I feel so strongly about the Laura Dern thing is because I did love Jojo Rabbit. I mm. fucking thought Scarlett Johansson was great, and I loved Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell. So I'm not just hating to be funny or whatever. I, I, I genuinely think it was a it was a dumb decision, and I have no idea what fueled it. I don't know uh, if they were just like, we got to give Netflix a win, and here's the win they get. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like, like, I like uh, two things. Like, I like Laura Dern, and I haven't seen any, any of the other movies, so I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just sort of like uh, neutral about it. Like, yeah, sure, I like Laura Dern. She seems nice, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, so that's totally fine. And congratulations to her. I mean, she, you know, whatever. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, all in all, like, I'm not going to sit here and say it was a bad, terrible experience. It was interesting. It was different. Like I said, I haven't watched the whole award ceremony in years. So it was, it was interesting to see. And obviously I love cinema, which means I love seeing, uh, uh, sometimes you, you kind of can get swept up in the big show if you right. kind of ignore all the shittiness of it. So, right. I mean, yeah, there, there was some cool moments, you know, um, Amidst the, uh, the the crushing, like, just, you know, mediocrity of it all. I'm glad Brad Pitt won, but it's weird that the coolest movie made this year, like, it didn't win Best Director, didn't win Best Picture, like, uh, it didn't really win anything but Best Supporting. Actually, no, I think it won, like, another technical award, but, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood literally was the coolest movie made this year. 
Like it was just fucking cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I got, man. I think this was a good, a good little, uh, good little exercise. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get back to, uh, you know, to, uh, funner stuff and back to like actual reasons why we love movies and stuff and cinema specifically. Um, from here on out let's put a fucking bow on 2019 man and be done with it let's uh i don't know moving forward you know what i mean yeah sure i mean i don't really know what that means i'm just like i'm just like that's i agree with you i don't know what it means either but i mean i'm just like over the convert like all the fucking conversations and all the takes about all the movies from last year just like shut the fuck up and like go like you know watch go watch it's a wonderful life or something you know what i mean yeah, is this a bad time to say on the next episode? I kind of wanted to dive into some indie hits from 2019. Um, but, uh, <laughs> okay, guys, I think that will do it. Um, huh? Is this a serious thing? No, it's not a fucking serious thing. It was just a God. joke to, to, to hopefully like put your brain over the edge because I think it's been on the verge of breaking for the last hour and 26 minutes. Oh, 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 we cannot, dude. Okay, we cannot. We cannot sign off without mentioning that the that one of the bright spots of the entire award ceremony, the motherfucking peanut butter falcon himself. Dude, I cannot believe I forgot to bring that up myself. That was so fucking awesome. Dude, hell yeah. Knowing that they're friends in real life and like what an impact this kid had on on uh Shia LaBeouf's life, like, dude, it was fucking awesome. It was so cool. Still fuck the Academy because you're just pandering, but I don't give a shit because this was like, this was a a pandering moment that resulted in something super cool and super positive. Yeah. He, you, you, like, I feel like he enjoyed himself, like being able to do that. Like, dude, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Real quick. I know we got to wrap it up. Okay. So I don't know if I've told this story on here, but real quick, he wanted the, the two guys that directed peanut butter Falcon wanted to make a movie for him because they worked at a camp with kids with down syndrome. And he was like right. doing a play and shit. And he said, I want to be a movie star. So I, I want to be in the movies. And they were like, well, kids with down syndrome normally don't get cast. So I don't know what to do there. He's like, write a movie and put me in it. So they <laughs> wrote a movie, they put him in it. So he got to live the ultimate movie star fantasy tonight. Like right. it literally made me giddy when he walked out on stage. I cannot believe I forgot to bring it up. I even wrote it down. So thank you for saying that. Cause that was a huge positive spotlight on the night. Hell yeah, dude. The peanut butter, the Falcon himself was in the building. He fucking killed it. Absolutely just hard dicked. Gotta love it, man. Yeah, dude. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good way to close it out right there. Um, Hell yeah. So I am Spartacus and we are (laughs) signing off. Do you have anything else to add? Uh, Yeah, I have one quick thing to add. What's that? I am Spartacus. Okay. Okay. Good. We're both Spartacus. We're all Spartacus people. Um, thank you for listening. Jace, uh, Jacob brought it up earlier. He didn't think we'd have as many listeners as we do. We do have more listeners than I thought as well. It's crazy. It's fucking awesome. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Even, you know, we're not getting as many comments and emails and stuff as we want, but just the fact that you're listening means the world to us. There's a ton of content out there. So we appreciate it. Tell your friends. Uh, spread us on social media like like talk about us get more people listening because uh, we would love to have just an army of, of cinephiles had to be careful how I <laughs> had to be careful how I uh, kind of rolled that one out cinephiles people people that love cinema 
we want an army of them all around us. <laughs> all right, let's uh, <laughs> let's. Let's let's land this plane. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, guys. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it, and uh, thank you for stopping by the Silver Screen Video. Temple to Amy Semple is equally understood.